I'm not gonna raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. I've got my hands on the top of my head. From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 17, Iowa State. West Virginia held Iowa State to under 80 points? Huh? Huggins was not impressed with that. West Virginia almost blows a 13-point second-half lead. It goes down to the end, but West Virginia escapes Ames with a four-point win over two-win Iowa State. Four-point win over winless in the conference Iowa State. Another true road win. That's four true road wins for WVU this season. Taz missed free throws in the second half in the Florida game. He made free throws in the second half in this game, including too late to ice the game. Emmett Matthews played his best game since the two-week pandemic pause including an out-of-nowhere dunk that's still not as good as the Texas Tech dunk in his freshman year in the Big 12 tournament. But this one wasn't bad. Lots of body contact kind of brought it back, and I wasn't prepared for him to kind of cock back and then dunk it, and then staring at the bench proud of himself. I loved it. It was it was an out of nowhere monstrous dunk. It's just to see him play better and play like he's capable after what we've seen of Emmett coming out of the two week pause. Shot robot shot the ball well again. Jordan McCabe Scored more than one point in this game. He played confident and got a good amount of minutes today. Deuce played better. Eight rebounds, but he had another quiet final 10 minutes in this one. Let's be clear. A road win is a road win, but let's also be clear. Iowa State were gracious hosts tonight. Okay, they did what they could. You know, you know what a good host is. Hey, can I take your coat? Hey, you don't have a drink in your hand. Can I get you a drink? Hey, we got plenty of food. Take some with you. Like very gracious host, Iowa State. They did all the versions of that for WVU. Hey, WVU. Can we miss free throws for you? Absolutely. Please. We need those. 
Their next to last possession, Iowa State ran a play. <laughs> it all happened so fast. But it was basically, and I don't think Iowa State's coach drew it up this way, but they ran the human sandwich play, which is a rare play. But basically, a guy who is, quote unquote, setting a screen, just pushes a guy, pushes a defender into a guy that's running full sp- full speed towards the basket. And there's three different ways where there, there could have been a foul, right? The guy pushing the guy, like the one part of the human sandwich that's pushing the defender into the guy running a hundred miles an hour. There's the guy running a hundred miles an hour in the said guy. And given, you know, it's always a possibility that the guy who was the meat of the human sandwich could have got called for the foul. Three different ways that could have gone. Instead, zero fouls in a play where two guys, two out of the three guys collide, fall backwards, <laughs> and somehow Taz ends up with the ball. He's kind of shocked that all that happened. No whistle. And that was good for West Virginia. He got the a couple of seconds, got the drain off. He got fouled. We definitely want Taz at the line instead of Gabe. Love and respect the Gabe. Oh, that's a gift. That human sandwich play was the version of, hey, buddy, let me get you a drink. You don't have a drink in your hand. <laughs> it's an ugly win versus a two-win team that gifted the win to WVU. And Huggins knew it was a gift, and as expected, and Huggins, this Huggins press conference after the game and his post-game comments are typically saved for, like, early part of the year where they win by 20-something, but he comes in grumpy and says, we're... We've got to improve kind of the broadly. We've got to get better and pointing out the bad stuff. But Huggins was spitting hot flames after this game. Here's the money quote, quote, I know I'll catch a wrath of crap for it. It's the worst defensive team I've ever had ever. And I've been doing this a long time. End quote. <laughs> Has anybody ever said the the phrase catch a wrath of crap? <laughs> I know what he's saying there. That's something I've never heard until Groundhog Day 2021. A wrath of crap. Yes, he's been doing this a long time. And then after after that, now I'm paraphrasing, he referenced he referenced guys who's been in the program who were would get upset or would be bothered when their guy scored. And he started this list of guys that it was bothered when they got scored on with Joe Mazzulla and Huggins. Sideswiped 
Joe Mazzulla with the double backhanded compliment, leading with, when he came, he couldn't shoot. Backhanded compliment. The compliment hasn't come yet, but it's already backhanded with one hand. He goes to the other hand and says, Mazzulla couldn't dribble with his right hand. And that's not when he came to the program. It's just period. Said, only dribbled with one hand. But, and there's the compliment, it bothered Missoula when his guy scored. And so, Coach Huggins, we're on the same page. A lot of the time, you're a Hall of Fame coach. You, you know, take my opinion for what it's worth, and I'm not going to give you a wrath of crap. What I would say is that this is not the worst defensive team you've had, Okay. I'm not saying it's a good defensive team. We have very little proof of that in the last, you know, in the last six games. And let's not count the Kansas State game. All right. That doesn't count. That was Kansas State. But the 2014 team with Aaron Harris and Terry Henderson and Remy Debo. They had 12 games where they gave up 80-plus in regulation. And I think about I think about Aaron Harris, and the first thought I should think of is how great he was at offense and how well he shot the ball. Instead, I only think about Aaron Harris hanging his head, doing the exasperated, oh, man. <laughs> When his guy got past him or his guy got an open shot for like the the sixth time in a half. That's what I think of when I think of Aaron Harris. And then, and those guys shouldn't get too cocky because the 2019 team, they can make a strong case for, for the worst defense that Huggins has ever had. Since he's been at West Virginia, that team gave up the most points per game. Almost almost 80 points a game. That team had 13 games where they gave up 80-plus in regulation. And yes, that was that 2019 year was all sorts of weird. Injuries, just bad body language from the team. Guys got kicked off the team. Seven guys from that team ended up transferring out. They gave up 90 points in Myrtle Beach to what ended up being a 14-win St. Joseph team. And the one that you... It's going <laughs> to... The, the Mountaineer History Book, or the every year they give out the media guide, and it has all these stats... You'll never be able to take it out of the of the books when that one time, and it was in the SAD tournament, where West Virginia gave up 109 points in regulation. And it wasn't to Loyola Marymount or Gonzaga. They did it, they gave it up to Coastal Carolina. That happened. So anytime. This is a rule. If you give up 109 points to any team in regulation, regardless of how fast the pace is, you're not good at defense in college. When you're in the hundreds, you're not good at defense. And on top of that, if you with with 
not much love and respect. If you give that up to Coastal Carolina, then you're a candidate for one of the worst defensive teams ever. Yes, it was not in the regular season. It was in a sad tournament. But, right, you're with me here on this, right? So am I saying the 2021 team is has the team chemistry of those two teams? Absolutely not, right? You, it seems like everybody's, you know, Huggins sent a tweet out just a few days ago talking about how he loves this team and how well they are as a team. So it seems like positive vibes and, and everybody's good teammates. It's not a chemistry issue, but on the floor, as constructed, this team is not good at defense. And for Huggins, all that he can do is say in the press conference, this is the worst defensive team I've ever had to motivate this team to get better knowing what they have in front of them. And I've told you about this on the podcast. Look at a schedule. Look what's coming up. (laughs) Kansas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Baylor, Baylor again, Texas, and then it gets easier by staying in Texas and playing on that stupid that stupid court at Texas Christian, okay? So I think I think Huggins is wrong. This is not the worst defensive team he's ever had. I don't have concerns about guys from this team transferring out. But Huggins is trying to prepare these guys for a possible harsh reality that may show itself in the next six games. But let me flip this around. Follow me here. The next six games against really good competition. Halftime leads will be less likely. And I'm telling you that because unfortunately that's a thing with this team. Is that when West Virginia has the lead at halftime, their winning percentage isn't as good as when they're losing at halftime. 17 games into the season, they are now 6-4 and when they lead at halftime. Almost almost 5-5 after tonight. And they're 6-1 and if they're tied or losing at the half. So playing better competition, less likely to have halftime leads, puts West Virginia in a position to to have a strong second half comeback. And maybe that gives them a better chance in these next six games. <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic here. But, you know, again, I'm not giving them a wrath of crap. <laughs> Uh, this team is not good at defense. And I I don't know how it improves other than incrementally. And, uh, but what this team can do based on the last seven games is that they can, they can get the 70, right? And they're going to give up 70 unless it's Kansas State, right? So both of those things are true. Uh, it seems like they're all going to be, hopefully, they're all going to be close games. And so the things that matter in close games, 
It's making free throws. It's holding on to the ball, no dumb turnovers, and how you execute late in the game. And so can West Virginia get a stop when it matters? This team cannot be good, a good defensive team. That can be true. And also they can put a couple of stops together late to end up with more points than the other team. And I think that's what we can hope for for the rest of the year. But they got to win. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. You know, I walk down the street and walk around town and walk, you know, outside. And people come up to me, strangers. And they're like, excuse me, sir. Where can I find a place to get something embroidered? And this has happened all my life. This isn't just recently. And so in the past, when I've, and I don't know what's on my face that makes somebody approach me and say that, you know, where can I get something embroidered? In the past, I haven't had an answer. I do have an answer now. I tell people, go to Dyer Prime. They can embroider stuff for you. You need initials put in a towel, they can do that. You have a logo that you want embroidered on a hat, they can do that. Call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I go into this game. It's an ESPN Plus game. It's not on TV. It's on the internet. And I'm expecting, just just have it in my head, oh, ESPN Plus game, we're going to get the Warren Baker treatment. But Warren Baker is only reserved for the non-conference games. Conference game, you get ESPN folks, okay? There's all sorts of different color commentators. You've got the super smart commentator. And say what you will about Jay Billis. He seems to have an axe to grind with West Virginia, in my opinion. But he's a lawyer. He's a smart dude, right? Then you have the emotional color commentator. Uh, you have, <laughs> And uh, think of early Dick Vitale. Not, I can't stop talking Dick Vitale that we have now. But think 90s Dick Vitale. And that guy talked a lot too. But the the passion in his voice, emotional color commentator. You have the coach's perspective. Like Fran Fraschilla, who's giving you good information, has been a coach, good at predicting what's going to happen next. You've got the... <laughs> You've got the out there color commentator, and that's really just reserved in basketball for Bill Walton, right? Who's, I mean, <laughs> who you don't, you're not even watching the game when Bill Walton's calling a game. You're just listening to him say words uh, that are can be poignant, can be confusing. 
uh, and there's passion there too. And then a great part of Bill Walton being a color commentator is hearing the play-by-play guy or lady react to Bill Walton and the things that he is say he is saying. So all that's great. And I like all those different color commentators. And then you have just like a standard color commentator um, that like a name doesn't pop into mind, but like a fill in the blank, going to give you cliches, going to try to make guesses, but they, you know, they don't stand out. And then you have the guy who was in the color commentator position that I thought was going to be Warren Baker. King McClure, he's a former Baylor player. He's called WVU games before, and I enjoy the work of King McClure. I like what he's putting down. King McClure does not fit any of those descriptions that I've just said, right? Uh, He's a young guy. He's played against some of the guys. He was even mentioned, I, I was on... He was on the team when I was a senior. This guy was a freshman or whatever. So he has experience against these guys. He, he is not, <laughs> he does not have a lot of uh, emotion in his voice, but he's interested, right? Sometimes he doesn't speak unless he's set up by the play-by-play guy. Um, but King McClure is a comment. He's got his own lane in the color commentator business, which is, uh, I can picture King McClure doing the color commentary right beside me on the couch. Like we're just watching the game together and he's not using cliches. I'm not learning a lot from King other than his individual experience, but he's saying things like, that was an amazing shot. That was a difficult shot. And he's been playing well. Like he's just saying things that I feel like somebody at the bar or somebody right beside you in your home would say to the TV and not being paid by ESPN to be a color commentator. I find it refreshing. <laughs> it's not deadpan. You know, there's, there is, he is invested in what's going on. Sometimes it gets really quiet. Sometimes he just answers in kind. Sometimes a play-by-play guy will set up the color commentator with like a question where he wants the color commentator to fill, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. And sometimes the play-by-play guy will throw it the king and he'll just say, yes, that's true. <laughs> and it leaves the play-by-play guy or lady hanging and then scrambling to try to fill that time that, he, that they thought that king was going to fill. And that's, uh, you know, I'm watching to watch the game, especially on ESPN+. Plus. Nobody is flipping around ESPN Plus uh, to find out the best play-by-play or color commentator. If you're watching the game on ESPN Plus, it's most like you're you're there because you're a fan of one of those two teams or you have money on the game, okay? 
where I think in a broadcast, when you're flipping around on the TV dial, you may be searching around if the games are equal for, you might want to, maybe you're not looking for somebody specifically because you like them, but you may be steering away from somebody you don't want to hear their voice. And I'm not naming names like Dan Dockett or Dick Vitale. I'm not going to use names. But... I enjoy the work of King McClure. And I want to see I want to see him not on ESPN Plus. I want to listen to him on the ESPN Propers. That's it. Thank you King McClure for what you're bringing. It's refreshing. Final thoughts coming up. Unreasonable doubt is on the social media. On Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On Twitter at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU starts this six-game gauntlet. It's Saturday, 2 p.m. Back in Morgantown, West Virginia will have their rematch at home versus Kansas. West Virginia had a halftime lead in Lawrence, and then Kansas just kept scoring, and West Virginia could not make shots. So West Virginia lost at Kansas, as they always do. In that game, Kansas made 16 threes on 44% shooting from three in that game. And unfortunately, as mentioned in the first segment, West Virginia, not great at defense here lately. And in the last three games, West Virginia has given up 26 threes. And those three teams shot the three at a 43% clip. So it's kind (laughs) of... Their defense against threes is in the ballpark of what Kansas did to them at Kansas. So not the best trend going into this one. Um, But once again, just like the first game against Kansas, uh, Kansas is not this. Kansas is not Kansas this year. And so if you're going to catch them and West Virginia has caught them in the past in Morgantown and has defeated Kansas at home, They have a chance to do that on Saturday. Uh, They can't give up 16 threes. That's my my amateur opinion. (laughs) If they give up 16 threes to Kansas again, they're going to lose again. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Overcast, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. If there's not a subscribe button, there may be a follow button. Hit a button wherever you're listening to this so it'll automatically download to the device you're listening this to this on. All right? That helps me. You can mute it or just press play and then hit delete, whatever. I'm just looking for the number. Do that for me. It helps the podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2020-2021 season, they're 12 and 5.